Take it away, Derek. What's your question? Why do you guys talk about comics so much? Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? 18 years. <laughs> Toothbrush is still fresh. Did they have sex? Because, I mean, she Hulk, you know. Damn it, Tony. We went an entire episode without mentioning Maggot, and then you ruined it. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Batman's got his little fishbowl on his head, but <laughs> Superman doesn't. Cyclops was right. Except when he was wrong. Master Bruce, you are calm. I'm going to silently judge all of you. Shut up, beast. <laughs> Shut up. Like I've read it so many times, you know, it pretty much just crumbled in my hands. Come on, old chum. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read him? See, I didn't hate Hellcat until you made me read this miniseries. It was just a joke, but you made it real, Justin. No. You made it real. I, I prefer my Dazzler singing, like, Creedence Clearwater Revival songs at Australian bars. Titty discs. And... <laughs> That's what to be known as from now on. Like, I'm going to go into the Marvel Wikipedia and whatever it is. <laughs> the worst titty discs. <laughs> get better than that. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey, guys. Welcome back to another Startastic Trekerific episode of Fanholes Comics, motherfucker. Do you read them? Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your Imperial hosts tonight, but I am not alone. I've got two, count them, two of my fellow Fanholes ready to stick me in the agonizer booth. Why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who is here tonight? Hey, it's me, Mike, and unlike my normal self, I don't have a goatee. And this is Justin. Yeah, so we're here tonight to talk about the Paramount Publishing, the the Marvel Comics release of a one-shot entitled Star Trek Mirror Mirror that was released. It was it had a cover date of February 1997 and an on-sale date of January 15th, 1997. The cover price was a whopping $3.95. The editor was Bobby Chase. The writer was Tom DeFalco, penciler Mark Bagley, inker Larry Malstead, letterer Jonathan Babcock, colorist Stephen Bucciolato. The title of the story is Fragile Glass, and we're going to do a quick synopsis, and then we're going to discuss it. And of course, this is a 25th anniversary of the release of this comic, so it's 25 years old. Kirk, McCoy, Scotty, and Uhura beam back to their own Enterprise in the Mirror Universe. Even though he knows Kirk was temporarily transported to a parallel universe and replaced by his counterpart, Mirror Spock arrests Captain Kirk. While Kirk conspires with Sulu and Uhura to take back the Enterprise, Spock, Marlena, Chekhov, and Scotty try to survive their crewmates' plotting and an oncoming Klingon task force. Kirk, Sulu, and Uhura work to overthrow Spock. However, Marlena betrays Kirk by giving Spock the secret of the destructive Tantalus field, which Spock uses to obliterate a Klingon fleet. In spite of having control of the Tantalus field, in the end, Spock must face Kirk one-on-one. -on -one. In the end, the Vulcan triumphs and kills Kirk, permanently winning the command for himself. And that is the hopefully short and sweet synopsis of Star Trek Mirror Mirror, Fragile Glass. But yeah, we, we wanted to talk about this because, you know, we're, we're as we do, we like talking about Star Trek and we're kind of on a Star Trek kick. And we were looking at some of the comics that came out that were having anniversaries. And of course, this was a 25th anniversary of Star Trek Mirror Mirror. And to be perfectly honest, for me, it is it is one of my favorite Star Trek comics, so I, I was enthused to talk about it with everybody else. But I guess I'm kind of curious about you guys. Like, have you, is this the first time you've read this? Is this something that you've you've read before? And if so, how'd you, how'd you come across it? This is the first time I've read it, but I feel like I've seen ads for this one shot before because 
this is it came out this came out in like a time when i was like pretty heavily reading marvel comics and you know marvel had the license then so like they they were like dropping a lot of ads for it what about you justin I bought this brand new off the stand, and I was trying to remember where exactly I bought it, and I'm not sure where I got it, because these Star Trek comics that Marvel was producing, some of them it was hard for me to get my hands on, because the Captain Pike series I was getting from, I believe, Dalton Books. The Star Trek Unlimited series, which is half original series and half TNG, I I was getting that from, like, Rite Aid, because Mm. for, at at least in my neck of the woods... Rite Aid carried comics for like four or five years, but I'm not sure where I got this. I mean, I could have got this at a comic shop. I just – I don't remember where I got it, but I know I I got it brand new because, you know, I mean, you know me, huge Star Trek fan. So yeah. seeing something like this on a stand, I was like, ooh, I, a sequel to that episode? Well, that sounds great. And like yourself, like I, I really enjoy this comic. I think it's a really great follow-up to that classic episode. And you can see it kind of filling a little gap between Mirror Mirror and the Deep Space Nine episode crossover that oh, yeah. takes yeah. you back to the Mirror Universe. And Derek, did, I'm guessing the answer is no, but did you ever read the Next Generation novel Dark Mirror? I think I've heard of it. Like that's why I was asking you earlier tonight about the the different like you know Next Generation Mirror stuff, but mm-hmm. I haven't actually read the the novel. So I remember being excited for that novel, and it, it's okay, but the premise of that novel goes in a completely different direction than this comic. So in that novel, Spock is executed before he can do any of his reforms that you know weaken the Empire and everything. Like in that novel, the Terran Empire never falls, so you've got you know the Empire is expanding throughout the galaxy and you've got the um, evil versions of Picard and his crew and they're up to no good and all that mm. stuff. Like I said, it it's okay. I, I just remember being excited for it, reading it, and I was kind of disappointed in the direction it went. And then it, I don't know, I like this comic kind of like erases some of the the bad taste in my mouth that that dark mirror mm. book left was was that written before this yes that would have been okay. 92 or three maybe okay so several I mean, years I, I i feel like the, i mean i i know you're a fan of it we've talked about it on this show in the past but like there, there were some things about that original mike Barr, like mirror crew coming back to the you know the wrath of khan era you know, in the DC comics that that didn't always quite sit right with me. And so, like, for me, like this, this one shot is kind of my preferred sequel to to the Mirror Mirror episode, you know, like so. So I guess in a similar vein, like there there was some expunging of bad taste on on my behalf, too. And I, I guess that's why I had asked you about the next generation stuff, because, like, it seems like in that case, in the Dark Mirror novel, changes the the history that either we didn't know was coming yet like i don't know what the time frame is but i i don't know if the deep space nine episodes had come out yet or not but they you know clearly it contradicts how you would expect it to go in the you know quote unquote canon timeline right like because of what is established by the the Deep Space Nine episodes and everything. Like to me, I always kind of took it as well. I guess the next generation doesn't get to play in the mirror universe because the Deep Space Nine TV show did. But then it seems like what you're telling me is they find some kind of ways, you know, some some kind of way, whatever it is, you know, whether it's a another alternate alternate universe or or whether it's you know some kind of you know excuse about propaganda or whatever, they find some other way to. To, to you know weave and work around established canon and still eat their cake too and have you know i don't know a, an evil picard and and whoever else right roaming around the 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 mirror universe and stuff but like i i, I also think i'm kind of secret brothers with you because i can't i mean i i have memories of this like i i obviously i like the comic like very much like it is one of my favorite star trek comics and it was something that i bought likely from a comic shop directly off the stands as to 
what comic shop I bought it and whether I bought it when I was living in L.A. or when I came back up here to the Bay Area for like a vacation or summer or time off. I, I can't remember for the life of me. I do remember trying all the Paramount comics. And I, I feel like I did that maybe like right before I left for college. I mean, that 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 might track right but maybe maybe i'm off by a little bit or whatever but i i remember trying all of them but i think the one that really stuck with me and stood out to me was i i always liked that starfleet academy comic so i think whether i had my i don't know hiatuses from comics you know like maybe you know moving to college and taking a break from comics for like maybe a month or two or however long that lasted you know because you know we're all addicts and eventually i found comics somewhere right then then when i was buying comics again i would buy those starfleet academy comics and then anytime i saw like a really cool one shot like this and the star trek x-men like things like that i would i would certainly get excited about those but i i think you know I, I wasn't a big fan of the Deep Space Nine comic because it, you know, it had Tom Grinberg art and you know how I feel about that. And then and then I think some of the other titles, I just wasn't too keen on the flip book aspect. And, you know, at, at the time, I wasn't like super keen on the the early voyages either. And I think the one that stood spoke to me the most, you know, like art wise and story wise, I think, because it felt kind of current, like like that I was reading something that was almost in line with some of the the tv shows i was watching was that you know starfleet academy one so i i kept up with that and then when when stuff like this came out that was kind of like classic and i think too it was one of those things where i unabashedly knew i would like the art you know like i i think i liked mark bagley you know early on right so you know the, you know whether it was new warriors or amazing spider-man or you know the thunderbolts or whatever right this this was you know, he had long since proven himself to me as as a exciting and capable artist. So I think that this was something I was especially excited about, just like the Star Trek X-Men thing. You know, it's kind of like you're sitting there going, oh, Mark Silvestri, Mark Bagley, like the, those guys excited me. And I, I felt like it was something that would be cool to see, you know, sort of a a hot wizard artist, so to speak, you know, have their take on on star trek you know so that was something that was that was exciting to me as well whereas i think most of those other paramount books i i can't really say that they they exhilarated me in that same capacity if that makes sense even at the time i remember thinking this was really weird because i recognized him from you know his his work on spider-man so i was like oh this is really weird like he's doing something like this and if you read i think the last page in this comic there's a you know, some comments from uh, DeFalco and uh, Bagley. And Bagley kind of apologizes. He's like, you know, I tried to do my best with some of these likenesses, but I don't think I got it quite right. Now, I aside from like a few panels, I think he did a fantastic job, like especially some of these close-ups of Spock and the captain's woman, Marlena Monroe. Marlena, yeah. Like, like there's a really good close-up of her where it's, it's the panel where she's like saying – can I trust Spock? I was the captain's woman, but what does the future hold for me now? Like that's a really good likeness of the actress Barbara Luna. So I think I think maybe he was being a little hard on himself. But the the William Shatner likeness thing, I've heard that from other artists and especially from toy sculptors. Like they they say Shatner is notoriously hard to get his likeness accurate in mm. in an action figure form. So there there's just something about Shatner's face that people have a hard time capturing but i mean if if i had anything to quibble quibble about as far as the art goes like there's a few panels of like scotty and Chekhov where they don't look entirely like the actors but i think those are you know I, those are forgivable because i think the comic is so enjoyable and overall the art is so good like that's you know if, every comic has one or two panels where even you know, someone just kind of like was like, OK, I've, I've only got like, you know, so much time left. So I'm going to like doodle vision in the background and nobody, you know, hopefully nobody will notice. It's just, you know, hastily sketched or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think I think there's definitely excuses. It's not like I, I would be willing to bet none of the images of like Scotty and Chekhov that you were 
kind of questioning were like giant close-ups you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like there were all these kind of like wide shots or like shots where it's like a full body shot or you know alongside other characters and stuff like that i mean you know the the, a lot of the images like i mean i i for me like i i think like in the prison cell when uh sulu and kirk are, are stuck in those you know the the little you know whatever they call them the the the, the little shielded cells and stuff like that those are really good i think you know and then i like the the marlena image when she's in like the the shadows after she uses the yeah. tantalus field and everything like that like that those are those are really cool because it's like half of her face is shadowed and everything and it's a kind of a cool image i mean there's no mistaking spock you know and then a lot a lot of the costuming helps out too i mean it's like it's like i'm not saying he does a bad uhura but but even if he had done a bad uhura it's not like you can miss uhura do you know what i mean like it's not like it's not like you're gonna confuse uhura with like you know the the 15 other you know red shirt guys on the crew or something like that right like so it's like there's 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 plenty of elements in the costuming that that work well for kind of a uh, a comic adaptation with colorful costumes and characters that are easily distinguished by those those uniforms you know so there's 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 that aspect to it too i don't know does the you know the one thing i i don't know too much about i assume it was just for this this one shot but i don't know very much about scarl like if he has a a primary universe counterpart if he was just like a random klingon that they kind of made up for this one shot which is kind of what i took it as but i mean my only thing about that was i I feel like the one thing spock effed up on was i think they should have tantalist like all those ships because you feel like that one ship getting away like to to me in the back of my head, I feel like, you know, when you're playing like a, a Walking Dead video game and you don't have a choice, but I'm like, dude, if it was up to me and it was my telltale game, like I would have taken the choice to take out like every single one of those Klingon ships because you know that that one ship escaping like that line he has where he says, we must warn our people, new alliances must be formed. You know, he's talking about, you know, the the you know what what happens in the deep space nine timeline to me do you know what i mean like that whole cabal of all the different races that eventually you know overthrow the empire so i feel like that's something that you know to me like that that's the one thing i would have you know in in hindsight right where it's like if you want to if you want to play the mirror universe to win like that that's that's it's like you did everything right spock all the way up until that point there and i would have changed that one thing almost a century ago a Terran starship captain named James Kirk accidentally exchanged places with his counterpart from your side due to a transporter accident. Our Terrans were barbarians then, but their empire was strong. While your Kirk was on this side, he met a Vulcan named Spock and somehow had a profound influence on him. Afterwards, Spock rose to commander-in-chief of the empire by preaching reforms, disarmament, peace. It was quite a remarkable turnabout for his people. Unfortunately for them, when Spock had completed all his reforms, his empire was no longer in any position to defend itself against us. Us, the Alliance, the historic coming together of the Klingons and the Cardassians. And Bajor is a part of this Alliance. We've been under Terran occupation for decades. When we were freed, we petitioned for entry and were accepted. We have become quite an influential power within the Alliance. What did you think about Spock getting with uh, Marlena? Because I always thought that was uh, an interesting direction to go. Like when I was imagining like in my head, like how I would conceive a sequel, like that never, ever occurred to me. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, I guess I can kind of see that. And it, you know, as, as Spock says, it is kind of logical. Like she... You know, he has to make an alliance with her and trust her, and she she has the ultimate power. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's that aspect to it, and then I I, I think it's also to, to me the interesting line I thought was like he he, he views it as a logical uh, alliance, but but also you know it kind of reminds me of like the the notion of if the mirror universe is like people's baser instincts and and you know you know the the whole notion that everything is kind of this you know 
quote unquote evil version of everything. Like maybe there's a view that um, uh, arranged marriages or, you know, marriages arranged on a basis of power. Maybe there's some modern view of that that is, you know, it's viewed in in uh, a negative sense. Whereas I think in, in the mirror universe, like th that might be atypical, right? Like where it's like, oh, of course, you know, of course, this is going to be mutually beneficial. So we might as well hook up, right? Because the, I, I guess the idea is, you, you know, the intimacy will will create a certain level of trust, and 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 their their relationship will be mutually beneficial in that universe. So it makes sense to me. And I, I kind of like the line where he he says something about, you know, you will find that, uh, you know having a relationship with a Vulcan will be like, you know, super duper stimulating or whatever. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Like, you know, so yeah, I don't know. Like that, like that all kind of, you know, f to me it fits right. The, the mirror universe is kind of sexy. It's kind of dangerous. And, and, and you kind of never know who you can trust, but then it seems like inevitably to survive, right. You, you have to forge those alliances and, and kind of, ride them out as long as possible right until until they stop working to your advantage right that's that's sort of the trick right the 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 tightrope that that you have to walk to be in that that mirror universe you know and 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 it's interesting how the tantalus field you know i guess under kirk's command was very hyper focused to only be on his ship whereas instantly you know spock does make the decision to share the information with Scotty. And then thanks to his engineering wizardry, you know, that, that leads to them being able to use that weapon, you know, long range on all, well, not all. See, I, I think it should have been all, but he uses it on the majority of the Klingon ships and sends the one, you know, turning tail or whatever. And I guess the notion is like that Klingon ship's going to warn other people to stay away. But I, I feel like that, that one escaped ship is like the seed of the, you know, the the alliance that gets formed, you know, between the Klingons and the Bajorans and the, the Cardassians and all that stuff. How long until it is operational? Within two days. I know it's none of my business, but perhaps it would be prudent to increase our speed to warp nine. What? I was merely trying to be of service. If it was not for your incompetence, the rebels would have been destroyed. I thought we had agreed that it was the Intendant who was incompetent. I was merely following her orders. And for following those orders, you deserve to die. Then why don't you kill me? The Intendant was bad enough. She was irrational, accusatory, unappreciative, but at least... At least what? At least I was able to please her now and then. You are not my type. I never said I was. Increase speed to warp nine. Yeah, you know what I didn't realize was, like, I think in, in reading a little more about this, like, I, I remember how we talked about the, the whole notion that, that Kirk might have come back on Enterprise as part of a mirror, mirror episode and like i i never really understood that because i was focusing on the tholian web but it it sounds like the original concept was that the tantalus field didn't just obliterate people out of existence that it kind of banished people kind of like in loki how you know people don't get pruned they don't just like you know evaporate into nothing they actually get sent somewhere so i guess the idea was at some point as opposed to you know, in this issue, like like Kirk and Spock having a big mono mono battle and and Kirk dying in this electrical explosion of sorts. I, I think that the notion it sounded like from what I was reading, the notion was that at some point the, the Tantalus was used on Kirk himself once he came back from the transporter. And then he would have been like sent to like the Enterprise timeline or at least something that would make you know the the not only the the enterprise you know 
proper universe, but then also, I guess, you know, whatever you needed to use to account for William Shatner's age, you know what I mean? Like, however far back you would have had to send him so that by the time they were seeing him on the Enterprise show, it would have caught up with his current age or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, I was like, I hadn't, that that hadn't occurred to me, but I thought that was an interesting idea that the Tantalus doesn't just, you know, blip you out of existence. It actually, you know, sends you somewhere. In some cases, that might suck because you get sent to, like, fucking Antarctica and you probably die anyway, right? But in this case, wherever Kirk ended up being sent, then he would have, you know, managed to, I guess, encounter, you know, Scott Bakula and folks or something like that. Well, I mean, like I said, this is my first time reading this and I did enjoy it. And I was like pleasantly surprised to see that Mark Bagley had like drawn it. Like Derek said, like, I think he did a good job, you know, with likenesses and stuff like that. I think I was laughing because I, I always feel like Mirror Sulu is kind of like the star scream of the like <laughs> the crew or whatever. So like, you know, when he sees spock like i felt like he should have been like like mr spock is that you like and spock could have been like here's a hint like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was funny it, it's what i just imagine scotty saying jettison some weight or we'll never make it to earth and like <laughs> Sulu like just drop spock out the door <laughs> oh it's, it's, oh it pains me to do this and and it's funny because guess who voiced Galvatron in that movie? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh my god. It's like <laughs> Spock shoots Sulu with a phaser and it, all that's left is like Sulu's boots and he's like, "Will anyone else attempt to fill his shoes?" <laughs> like, and check also, "What did he say his name was?" <laughs> Galva Spock. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was fun. Like, I thought that whole thing at the end where, like, Kirk and Spock, like, tumble onto, like, the booby-trapped panel or whatever, and they're like, oh, no, like, who survived? Like, and I was I was kind of thinking, like, you know, like, oh, man, I hope, like, they actually tell us who survived, and it's not, like, some, like, you know, face-saving thing for the next writer where they're like, whoever survived, like, both of them survived or neither of them survived or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I mean, this, this was written after the deep space nine stuff so so it, th- this story i think has the advantage of of kind of knowing where you know canon star trek was headed as opposed to some of these other kind of wh- whatever you want to refer to them as you know what do they call it like i i don't want to call it fan fiction but you know w- 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 the 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 uh i don't know what, what what the fuck do they call like Star Wars novels and stuff these days? I don't I don't know what I'm thinking of, but you know j- just this this uh, you know ancillary you know extended universe extended universe I guess yeah. is what I'm thinking right like like that you know so, sometimes you read these extended universe stories and clearly they don't line up with you know the eventual canon that becomes solidified in the tv show and the movies but you know sometimes when you have the added advantage you know it's like it's it's the advantage of you know releasing a a a marvel star wars comic once you know the first three star wars movies have been released for the last you know 50 years or 40 years or whatever it is right like you know the entire story so there's no way i mean I'm sure there's a way because people find a fucking way to fuck shit up whenever they can. But I'm just saying, like, you you can't accidentally have it where it's like, I didn't know that there was sisters. You know, like there can't be any of that in between weirdness, because conceivably, if you've if you've paid attention to all those movies and you already know where they're headed and where they were going, then then you can kind of write a story in between that that doesn't necessarily contradict that. And, And I think this this story at least has that advantage where it's it's trying to to color within the lines of of the the original mirror mirror episode and the and and the deep space nine mirror universe episodes as far as i can you know to to me there's there's nothing that like stands out or whatever i guess one thing i i think is interesting and i i was going to ask you guys about it was what are your feelings on actually getting to see the the four crew from the mirror like in other words like in in the mirror mirror episode you know we, we it's it's you know kirk and mccoy and uhura and scotty that get beamed 
onto the mirror universe, but now we're actually following the real mirror versions of those characters. So, like, it, to, is that something that is is of interest to you? Like, getting to see those characters in action. Like, had you had, had you read anything before where they dealt with those characters, and it's it's slightly different and not what you expected? Like, I'm I'm just kind of curious about that because that that's something to me that's kind of unique. Where it's like, you know, in in the the mirror episode, it's like her is always you know, slapping Sulu away and holding a knife on him and all this other stuff. But in this, like the, the quote unquote real mirror Uhura is, is plotting with them and, you know, frees Sulu from the brig and stabs that one guy, you know? So it's like, that to me is, is interesting, right? Like, because it's like, you didn't, you, you didn't have that level of insight, I think, you know, as far as the original episode goes. Yeah, I thought the Uhura Sulu stuff in this was really interesting. I guess Scotty kind of gets the short end of the stick or the mirror Scotty because I don't know. I always kind of pictured the mirror Scotty as like this kind of like weird, I don't know, like Dr. Wiley mad scientist who was always like tinkering and like building like killbots or something. Like, I don't know. I just in this, he's just so kind of like. He, he's, like, he's very he's very accommodating for yeah. a mirror character, right? Yeah, he's he's very accommodating and flexible. He's like, okay, you know, he's he's just gonna go along with Spock with the whole Tantalus field thing, I guess. It's like it's like the the the, the mirror Scotty instead of like quadrupling his uh, his repair times, he's actually like gi- giving himself not enough time. He's like, oh, <laughs> sir, I can fix this in two minutes, and then it's like you know, it's like uh, a half an hour later. Oh, I'm sorry, sir, I totally. I totally over overestimated that, you know. What's what's the opposite of a miracle worker? Like you know, <laughs> Mr. Scott, you're going to lose your reputation as a not as a, a very as good a, worker as a as a disaster. He's a fuck up. As a, you're going to lose your uh, reputation as a disaster artist. I'm trying to think. There's a Mirror Universe book written by David Mack. That kind of charts the it's similar to this story actually it, it kind of starts a little after mirror mirror and it kind of goes to i think it ends around star trek six like in the prime universe but it kind of like gives you know little slices of time and oh, what happens next. yeah i'm trying to think what happens i think i think spock kills sulu but i don't remember how i just i remember sulu's not around very much and mm. I remember telling you this, like, in that book, Spock was a ladies' man because he, he has two captain's women. He has Chapel and Ilea as his uh, oh, captain's he, ladies. Yeah, I remember you told me that. And I think he brings Savick on board, and I'm she's all, like... I'm all, does Mirror Ilea have a big, full head of hair? Luxurious, <laughs> luxurious hair? I don't think so. I'm trying to think. I think he brings Savick on board as, like, his personal, like, bodyguard or assassin or something. I... I don't remember. It's been a long time since I read that book, but I I did really like that book. That sounds pretty cool. I kind of feel like we keep exposing Mike to like new mirror universe stuff. I kind of want to like see what else I can dig up to expose him. Yeah, I I feel like I always get mirror universe stuff like, well, I mean, I guess this is true for all Star Trek, like piecemeal, like sort of like I'm like, I'm always like, okay, so when did this like, does it all like line up? Is there a lot of inconsistency or? I, I feel like the Star Trek expanded universe stuff, there's always going to be a lot of inconsistency depending on like when it was written. And because there's so much, I guess, quote unquote, official canon. I mean, th- think about it. Like it, it's like, that's why people's head explodes when they watch, uh, you know, uh, uh, discovery, right? Because that, that throws another wrench into this whole mirror stuff, right? Like where you're like, I mean, not only are people, you know, crying about the fucking Klingons and all that shit, but then then th- you got to throw in, oh, well, the, the mirror universe people knew about the mirror universe before the mirror universe happened. Like, you know what I mean? Like where you're like, you're like, oh boy, you know, like and fucking you're you're off to switch bodies with whoever like Scott Bakula, you know, like, I mean, that that that's my opinion on it. I mean, I always feel like I, I don't think. I don't think anybody who's writing Star Trek expanded universe fiction at the time went out of their way to contradict what was canon. But 
certainly it it's it ha it suffers from that alien three syndrome. Do you know what I mean? Like there's 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 like you know five thousand versions of Alien three in all of Star Trek. Do you know what I mean? Like where where somebody wrote this really smooth, cool novel that was super cool, and then all of a sudden you know Scott Bakula took a dump on a toilet and it rendered it like completely invalid because of you know, reasons and shit, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like there's, there's always, there, there's, there's the constant danger and ultimate realization of that when you, when you become invested in, I mean, I don't know, am I, am I overstating it, Justin, or? No, I mean, there, there's stuff out there that definitely doesn't line up. I mean, there's like six or seven different versions of the Enterprise's last adventure. Well, it's like you, you, you know, there's that, that, fucking lost years book that i could never finish because i kept dumping it in the bathtub and falling asleep while reading it and all that other shit right but then then you've got like the year four comics and all that, you know what i mean like you've got mm -hmm. and then there's 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 like annuals in the dc continuity that tell like the last voyage of the you know what i mean like there's there like like you said like like you know there's there's like you know five versions of the last voyage of the enterprise is five-year mission, right? So it's like, of course, you know, there's, and, and I don't think, and again, you know, it's just trying to be overly generous to the people who created those. I don't think anybody was like, haha, mine is better than theirs. Like, I, I just think when these people were coming up with it, they all just thought, oh, cool, I'm going to tell the last story of, you know, the, the, the last voyage of the five-year mission. But then, you know, I mean, I mean, the only thing you could arguably say, like somebody could have been like, haha, I will do it better is, is maybe some of the IDW stories. But because by, by that point, I mean, it, it had to be pretty easy to figure out like whether somebody had done that before. But I feel like, like a lot of these books that are written in like, you know, the seventies and the eighties, it's not like, it's not like they were like, haha, I will totally contradict that. DC annual from, you know, 1987, haha, -ha. you know, like, I, I don't think that was what was going on there. It's always interesting when you go back and you read, like, an older Star Trek book written in, the, in I don't know, like, the mid to early 80s, because it, it'll, it will inevitably contradict stuff that came later. Like, there's that Star Trek novel, Strangers from the Sky, and it's about the first contact with Vulcans, and it's completely different than... You know, first contact and any of the other stuff they've ever mentioned in, in any of Star Trek that came later. It's just it's just a real weird oddity now, I guess. Did beings from another world visit Earth? We'll need to disguise ourselves. What is it? I believe you have that garment on backwards. The Star Trek story that rewrites history as you know it. I Love Lucy is on tonight. An all-new episode of Enterprise next Wednesday at 8, 7 central on UPN. Do you remember like what the distinct contradictions were, or it's just like been so long? In that book, I think there's a Vulcan ship that crashes on Earth, and they're kind of like held in some kind of government facility. And there's a whole bunch of like running around the secret base and trying to get them out. And does one of them fall in love with one of the other characters? I'm trying to think, but this happens like they're they're trying to break them out, and there's like a love story in between it. <laughs> I can't remember. I want to say there is, but like this is this this whole story is detailed in some kind of like in universe novel that everyone thinks is fiction, but it's it's not fiction at all. It's it's like mm. someone who survived the events like sat down and wrote it. And it completely goes against the official history that the Earth and Vulcan endorse. I can't remember why they like hid it from from everyone. I can't remember. It, it, it's been a while since I read that book, but I just remember it's like everything in it is completely different than First Contact, and it's 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 different from that um, episode of Enterprise where like. Mm. To Paul's, you know, great grandmother is on you right, know, right, in right. the fifties. Live long and prosper. That was when my um, my my uh, college professor was a Vulcan for like three seconds. But yeah, I have a lot of love for this comic. Like I still own my original copy of this that I bought off the stands, and 
I I always thought if I got to go meet Mark Bagley at a con somewhere, like this is the one comic I would take to him. I mean, I I love I love a lot of his Spider-Man stuff, but I think this kind of like has a lot more sentimentality and genuine yeah, yeah. love. So I like it, like it means that much to me that I would be like, hey man, like I really I really like this above all the other stuff, so I would want this to be signed. Yeah, I I I find myself being grateful. We we have like some of the the uh, books that we do have and the art that we do have. But then there is that part of me that's greedy, where it's like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if if some of these, you know, like if Bagley and Silvestri or who, you know, whoever, some of these guys, like you're like, what what if they did like more more start? You know what I mean? <laughs> like 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 that'd be that'd be cool too. You know? Hey, have have you ever looked for like original art from this or Star Trek X Men? Uh, I've been like, like I, I've been curious lately. Like, so I, I, I do searches on like Star Trek and things like that. You, you know what I often find is that people seem to get art. Like, I, I see a lot of the DC art, but then they, they um, compound it by having like somebody sign it. So it's like I see mm. these like, like you know, they try to, you know. Uh, to to me, I mean, I I get it. It's like it's important, right? Like like you know, William Shatner signed a page, and Captain Kirk's on the page, right? But then to you know, obviously, it's like, oh well, th- this is much more valuable then, right? Like you know, and you're like, uh, I I don't know, but you know, you know what I mean? Like it, I to me, sometimes it like depends on the page. But I I have done searches lately, like on stuff like that. But again, it's like that that kind of stuff. It's like. I, I would imagine, like, especially now, like, it, I don't know, it seems like all this Bagley stuff is like, I mean, especially the stuff from the 90s is, I don't know, like, you know, maybe I'm overstating it, maybe not for every single title, but every time you see, like, something Spider-Man come up lately, it's like, all that stuff just gets auctioned through the roof, but I, I, I have yet to see something like this come up, but I mean, if it was, if it was affordable, like, I would, I would, you know, think like, uh, page from this would be super fun to have yeah you know the only thing from this i really don't like art wise is the cover i just think it's kind of bland mm. I, mean, I mean i mean yeah i guess i guess they're you know it's like what you've got the the two the two floaty heads right that like i i i think that's you know that's uh th- there's some people that like decry that in general right like the, the 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 images with floaty heads like and it's not like a you know a professor stein you know ronnie raymond like floating <laughs> head is part of the story it's just you know it's like one of these i i feel like that was popularized by spider-man though in some ways right because you would always have these things where it's like you know spider-man's on the cover and he's like shaking his fist and then there's a big web behind them and then it's like here's his entire supporting cast on one side with all these fucking heads and then here's all the bad guys that have been tormenting him the last like you know six months with all these fucking heads you know and it's like this is kind of like that except for it's like i mean if if you got rid of the heads the cover would still it's exciting in a sense but it also is still kind of to me benign and boring because it's an image of the enterprise blasting away at the planet the Hawken planet right but it's like it's kind of benign because it's it's not it's not exactly like it's from the perspective of the planet you know it's like it's like you're some outside observer like looking at it'd be like if you're the Klingons like coming to to fight the Enterprise and you're you're on the view screen looking at them do this to a planet and that's not as that's not as threatening, I think, as as if it was like like like. Can you imagine if somebody tried to do a gym shooter and like you know like you know be an actual editor and be like, hey, you know, Mark, can you try this like from the perspective of the actual people on the planet and do that horrific perspective where it's like you're blasting the reader, you know, and like and and maybe that would get somebody to. And be like, oh my gosh, like what is this? You know, like type thing or so, I don't know. But that's that that's just something that that occurs to me. But I I I understand what you're saying. Like that it's not. I I think I I think also there might be the aspect of which which always seem to be the aspect of licensed comics, regardless of how good I think Mark Bagley is as an artist. Like we're surprised that like 
one of their you know top tier guys is working on a licensed comic because it always seemed like you know people expect the license to sell itself and i i think that's true of this cover at least right because even though you weren't as engaged by this cover as other covers like you and i were both grabbed by it regardless because we went ooh star trek Ooh, mirror, mirror. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, so it didn't really, you know, it was like, it was like, you, like, like the things that sell this cover, ironically, are all the shitty uh, 90s uh, font stuff. On it. <laughs> it's like the Star yeah. Trek sells it, the mirror, and then the reverse mirror sells it. And then you notice how they highlight sequel in green. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like sequel. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's like one you know it's not just an adaptation of the episode, which to some people might be cool to see an artist like Mark Bagley do, but also there there might be a certain subsect of people that are like, oh, it's just a, you know, like you're just, it's just an adaptation. Those are boring. Or I've I've seen the TV episode. Like, I'm not going to pick up this comic of it. So, So I think all those things are the selling points of this. It's like, it's a new story. It's a sequel. It's star trek it's mirror mirror and then the rest of it's kind of irrelevant other than you know kirk's bach right like you know it's the original series right but yeah here are my alternate pitches for cover kirk versus spock to the death and you'll have like a little you know 90s shitty font that says one will die Mm. my other pitch is uh, a really nice cheesecake cover of uh, marlena fighting uhura Mm. Mm. Well, but, uh, these days, like they they would all get greenlit because that the, the, the this shitty cover would be cover A, and then, and yeah, then your, yours would be like yeah. B and C, and then and then there'd be a random ass cover of like Spider Man farting on somebody's head because it's some <laughs> random ass anniversary or something, you know. So, but um, but yeah, no, I I like both those ideas. I I think I think of 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 the one we got and the ones you mentioned. I think I would I would greenlight the um. Kirk versus Spock to the death like that, that, that would, that would be the most engaging. And I, I think on a personal level, right. You could do, you could do that thing where like, um, I'm trying to think of like the, the, the covers, but like they're, you know, like the, 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 the way like, uh, the, the Punisher war journal when he's fighting with Wolverine or something, you know what I mean? Like you could do something like that where they're both, going at one another or like you know or, or maybe they're they they both there's one phaser and they're both like struggling over it you know type thing or something you know what i mean yeah. like like that that type of thing where it's like the phasers raised high over their heads and you know you could see that they're struggling and you could even i mean if, if you wanted you could even do it to where everybody else that's important in the the uh comic you know is 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 surrounding them you know you could have you could have uhura gasping and sulu smiling devilishly like he's hoping they both kill each other you know what i mean like you could have those guys in the background like doing their thing or whatever you know yeah that's that's uh that's fine i mean you know i i yeah to me i'm like i i guess i guess if i was gonna covet art from this it'd probably either be something with the the prison cell scenes because i i like there or something with marlena and then and then uh, that that double page spread that opens it up where they're coming off the transporter pad is pretty sweet like that's a pretty sweet page you should commission someone to draw maxima in a mirror universe outfit mm, mm-hmm. mirror, mirror universe maxima who uh has 50 billion husbands and is looking to get rid of all of them you know? <laughs> space The Final Frontier. These are the recordings of the podcast Gimme That Star Trek. Its ongoing mission to explore all of Star Trek, to seek out new guests and new opinions, to boldly go where many have gone before.
This is Siskoid from the Fire and Water Podcast Network, here to welcome you to the trailer for Gimme That Star Trek, a companion show to Ryan Daly's Give Me Those Star Wars on the same network, launched to coincide with Star Trek's 50th anniversary. Since Star Trek was one of my first loves, something I covered daily for over three years on Siskoid's blog of geekery, and indeed the reason behind my internet handle, I named myself after my favorite Starfleet Captain Benjamin Sisko, I couldn't help but do this, and thankfully, the larger podcasting community has answered the call. About once a month, I get to sit down with a new guest host to talk about an aspect of Star Trek. Could be any version, any show, any medium, any topic. Some of the things that are already lined up include What If the Cage Had Gone Directly to Series with Gene Hendricks, Star Trek's Humanistic Philosophy with Dr. G, Man of Nerdology, Why the Animated Series Deserves a Second Look with Aaron Bias, Alien Wedding Ceremonies with Lonely Heart Bastavac, characters we ought to have seen more of with David Ace Gutierrez, the New Frontier novels with the Irredeemable Shag, Star Trek Captains Hot or Not with The Girls, and looking beyond the Klingon cultural shift, Janeway's decision to kill Tuvix, the Star Trek CCG, How Badass Was Sulu, Making Sense of the Prophets, Enterprise's sense of retro design, and of course, news about your favorite franchise as we come closer and closer to the debut of a new Star Trek show. So I hope you'll join me and my guests, and if you're listening to this, perhaps you will become one, as we boldly go where many, yes, have gone before. The show, again, is Gimme That Star Trek, available from the Fire & Water Podcast Network at fireandwaterpodcasts.com and on iTunes. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of Comics, motherfucker! Do you read them? If you want to check out the backlog of episodes, of course, you can direct download them over on the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. If you have any angry, angry emails, if you're like, why are you giving Spock ideas about killing Klingons like the last ship? You can send us your angry emails at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. We're on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, and retweets that we receive. We can be streamed on all kinds of streaming services. We're on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And we can be found on Apple Podcasts. So until the next time... This is going to be Derek, Derek WC, signing off. Hey, it's Mike, signing off. And this is Justin, long live the Empire. device they had like spock should have been like decker my admiral with this i will make you my slave then then his desk and he's like then then the giant the giant shit log can do the unicron scream (laughs) (laughs) the french Ah, the French champagne has always been celebrated for its excellence.